Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Monday, August 14th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, charges against former President Donald Trump for trying to overturn the results of Georgia's 2020 election could come as soon as today. We'll hear from the first students of Georgia Southern University's new PhD program for environmental science, and why does Camden County's plan to replace aging bridges have some residents concerned? These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. A grand jury is hearing testimony today from several people in Fulton County as District Attorney Fonnie Willis seeks charges against former President Donald Trump and his allies for failed attempts to overturn the 2020 election. It's the culmination of two and a half years of investigations into efforts to reverse Trump's loss in Georgia. Former State Representative B. Wynn says she testified today in front of the grand jury. In a statement, she says, quote, no individual is above the law and I will continue to fully cooperate with any legal proceedings seeking the truth and protecting our democracy. The testimony appears to be proceeding ahead of schedule. Independent journalist George Cheedy, who was scheduled to testify tomorrow, confirmed on social media today that is confirmed on social media that his testimony was moved to today. This is a fast moving process. So for the latest on the indictments, go to gpb.org news. A federal judge in Atlanta says she needs more time to rule on the constitutionality of a Georgia law that bans hormone replacement therapies for transgender minors. Judge Sarah Garrity heard two days of testimony last week about the safety and benefits of hormone therapy for some teenagers. Garrity said last week that there are, quote, significant interests on both sides and did not indicate when she'd rule. The parents of four transgender girls filed a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of the law that went into effect in July. Authorities say an incarcerated man has died after being found unresponsive at the Fulton County Jail. Medical personnel resuscitated 34-year-old Christopher Smith after a detention officer at the jail found him Thursday. He was transported to Grady Memorial Hospital and pronounced dead early Friday morning. In a news release, the sheriff's office said the county's medical examiner's office will conduct an autopsy to determine the cause of death. The county jail is under federal investigation for its conditions after a man died in a bedbug-infested cell in September. A plan to close sections of coastal U.S. Highway 17 and replace aging bridges has some residents concerned about public safety. As GPB's Orlando Montoya reports, the Georgia Department of Transportation project could impact travelers far beyond northern Camden County. County Commissioner Jim Goodman says he's fine with the project, just not its timeline, which would impact area schools, businesses, and emergency services for at least a year and a half. They're just doing it with complete and utter contempt for the citizens of Camden County. But beyond the rural area, the highway also serves as a backup for busy Interstate 95. If the interstate is blocked and 17 is closed, area resident Steve Winkle says the detour would be 77 miles. I-95 carries 63,000 cars a day. And so it's just a completely unworkable situation. Residents want side bridges built during the construction, but the agency says that would be too expensive. For GPB News, I'm Orlando Montoya. 
A project meant to improve pedestrian access in a car-dominant section of Atlanta's Buckhead is set to start construction in November. The Lenox Road Complete Street project was originally announced as part of the 2017 Buckhead Redefined Plan. It includes a 10 to 12 foot multi-use trail along Lenox Road between the Lenox Marta Station and Peachtree Road. A spokesperson for the project says bids for construction will open next month. The entire project includes an elevated pedestrian and bicycle bridge designed to improve connectivity at the busy Lenox Road Route 400 interchange. The entire project is estimated to be completed by 2027. The remains of Army Corporal Dewey E. Ruiz Jr. were interred over the weekend at Wayfair Primitive Baptist Church Cemetery in Eccles, more than 72 years after he was reported missing during the Korean War. The Waycross native died a prisoner of war in March 1951 after his unit came under attack the previous December. North Korea turned over 33 boxes of remains to the United Nations Command in 1993. The remains were sent to a lab for forensic analysis, and Ruiz's remains were identified using DNA, dental, and other circumstantial evidence. More than 7,500 Americans from the Korean War remain unaccounted for. A Georgia child advocacy organization has received a $3 million donation from philanthropist Mackenzie Scott. The nonprofit Georgia Early Education Alliance for Ready Students says the one-time gift amounts to three-quarters of its annual budget. Executive Director Mindy Binderman says the organization hasn't decided how exactly to use the money. What we're thinking about is a, a special strategic fund that, that the board can approve to allow us to tap into special projects. The nonprofit advocates for state policies that include funding for child care subsidies, the elimination of the sales tax on diapers, and helping eligible children stay on Medicaid. Mackenzie Scott, the ex-wife of billionaire Jeff Bezos, has previously used her fortune to help nonprofits nationwide and in Georgia, including Communities and Schools, Easter Seals North Georgia, and the Healthcare Georgia Foundation. The Georgia Bulldogs will begin the coming season as the number one team in the Associated Press preseason top 25. The Bulldogs received 60 of 63 first place votes in the poll released today to easily outpoint number two Michigan. Two more Southeastern Conference teams joined Georgia in the top five. Alabama is number four, its lowest preseason ranking in more than a decade, and LSU is number five. The Bulldogs have won the last two national titles while going 29 and two, but this will be only the second time in program history that they have been preseason number one. The first was in 2008. Georgia started the 2021 season number five, going on to win its first national title since 1980. The Bulldogs followed up with a perfect season in 2022 after being preseason number three. It's the first day of the fall term at Georgia Southern University in Statesboro and its Armstrong campus in Savannah. And with the new academic year comes a new academic program for the school, the PhD in Environmental Science. In fact, it's the only such program in the Peach State. So what is it that drew the first eight students to the program? GPB's Benjamin Payne asked two of them, starting with Elise Lauer. I'm from the Savannah, Georgia area. We have a very cool location as far as like we're a two hour drive from the swamp, the mountains and the beach, essentially from any point along the low country. So that gives me a variety of questions that I can ask with my research. And the biggest thing that I'm interested in with organisms is epigenetics. So epigenetics is the way the environment changes, how the genotype is expressed in animals evolutionarily, you're not supposed to be able to necessarily deal with change well in a rapid setting. 
but we keep finding that organisms really do adapt well and they'll change their molecular mechanisms to respond to the things in their environments. And that to me is like the coolest part of most biology at this point, because we can see really small and we can learn a little bit more about the mechanisms that are in place as organisms respond to things. I did not have the typical four-year experience with my undergrad. I think it ended up taking me seven years to complete because I had kids along the way and other life things come up. But I don't see a problem personally with the fact that I'm probably 10 years older than some of my cohort members. I know that this is something that I've been thinking about for 10 years and it's something that I've been dreaming about. So here I am finally doing it and I'm okay with that. So I'm Carissa McPherson. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, actually. As long as I can remember, animals have always come to me for saving, right? So even as a little girl, I was rescuing squirrels and seagulls and raccoons. All these creatures have come into my life really with that need to be helped, right? So I have my own plethora of scaly and furry creatures that live with me. Also, I always loved the water. So that's been a big part of my life with swimming, with being right by Lake Erie. So what I got to thinking about is trying to really figure out where I could have the most impact during my short time on Earth. And it materialized to be supporting and looking at the coral reef environments. Coral reefs support 25% of all of our marine life. So to actually lose the coral reefs, you'd lose the beauty of the corals themselves, but we'd also lose many animals that most people don't think we would lose by losing the coral reefs. They rely on them, you know, a nursery or shelter or breeding grounds or whatnot. Science is repeating and repeating and repeating. You know, you can't be faint of heart when you're a scientist because you will fail. You know, I had shipment after shipment after shipment of seagrass sent up to me by my buddies in Florida, and, and it never lived in Cleveland. I tried to do it in a tank. It died probably nine times. And I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm coming to Florida. So I hopped on a plane. I went where the seagrass grew, and we made it work down there. So you can't give up. I have always had a dream of living in the pine tree forests and working in the ocean. And I couldn't believe that Georgia has that. I had never come to this area. I came to visit in January and I was like, this is amazing. There's so many more pine trees than I could ever imagine. So it's just been a real blessing that this has all worked out. That was Carissa McPherson and Elise Lauer, two students at the new PhD program in environmental science at Georgia Southern University. In sports, in baseball, the Braves face the New York Yankees tonight at Truist Park for the first of a three-game series. The Braves are coming off a series win against the other New York team, the Mets. The Braves won three of the four games since Friday, one of which included a 21-run slugfest on Saturday. And while they lost to the Mets yesterday, 7-6, the Braves did have something to celebrate, Matt Olson's major league-leading 43rd homer of the season. Also, Kyle Wright, who has been on the injured list with shoulder inflammation for most of the season and who won a major league leading 21 games last season, has begun ramping up his activity at the club's spring training complex in Florida. Max Fried is expected to get the start for the Braves tonight. And in basketball, the Atlanta Dream lost to the Las Vegas Aces yesterday, 86-65. It's their third loss in a row. And that's it for this edition of Georgia Today. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, visit gpb.org news. 
Remember, you can also find the latest on any indictments that come down today. GPB.org slash news is the place to go. If you haven't yet hit subscribe on this podcast, take a moment right now and we will be current in your podcast feed for tomorrow afternoon. And as always, if you have feedback, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.